Hi, and welcome to the Confident Woman Podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Erin. And we're here to keep it real, raw, and what it means to be the confident woman. All right, ladies, today we are back with a brand new guest, and we are super honored to have Dr. Kim Foster with us. So Dr. Foster is a MD turned wellness coach and business mentor for health coaches and wellness entrepreneurs. Kim is on a mission to help new and emerging health and wellness coaches create and market their signature programs, serve more clients, and find true fulfillment. Kim also is a founder of Wellness Coach Academy, where she helps to start a successful career in health and wellness coaching. She provides a six-month-long certification program for women who would love to pursue health and wellness coaching as a career. She has also been featured on multiple TV, radio, and print media outlets, and is also the host of the podcast, Marketing and Mindset for Wellness Coaches. Wow. So I know we're going to have so much to talk about. So I'm excited to dive in. And I know that just right before we got started, so Dr. Kim Foster has an incredible story, which she will just share right away. So tell us more about how all that got you know, started. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Rachel. I mean, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Um, I'm really looking forward to talking to you. Um, okay, so where to start? Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it is a bit of a journey. Like as you can hear in there, I've I've done a number of different things. I suppose it all started with when I decided to go that I wanted to become a doctor. So I decided that a lot of people ask me, like, did you always want to be a doctor? Did, was that something that you always wanted to do. And I decided when I was 17 that that's what I wanted to do. I had been very artsy. I, I was into theater and dancing and singing and creative arts and everything up until the moment that I was sort of midway through high school. And I was like, science is my jam. I love it. I'm going to be a doctor. And it just like flipped a switch. I just kind of decided seriously one day that that's what I was going to aspire to. And then from there, this is the power of a goal is that is it just sort of puts you on a trajectory. And then it was a matter of, okay, what do I need to do to make this all come together and happen? And, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of, do I actually want to do this? Once I had made the decision and I was, of course, very young and very idealistic and all of those things. So yeah, then it was just a matter of become of moving into this career of medicine, which was a wonderful career in many ways and an excruciating career in many other ways. But I did decide, you know, after many, many years of being super frustrated with the healthcare system, my role in the healthcare system, what was going on for me personally, professionally, all those kinds of things. So after a lot of years of frustration, I did eventually discover the world of wellness coaching, which was, I mean, it was just it was like feeling like I could breathe for the first time in so long. And that's what I pivoted towards. And, you know, of course, from there, after building a career for myself in coaching, then I now ha- am helping other women to find their way to this career path because it's so incredibly rewarding and the need is so great. And it just, it's just the most amazing thing. So that's what I do now as a mentor and a coach and a teacher. Wow, that's incredible. And I love that, you know, you had this idea to, to become a doctor at such a young age. And I'm just curious, where was that inspiration? How, how did that kind of come about? Like, you're like, I want to be a doctor. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I had this story when I was younger that I didn't like anything that was that had to do with blood. One of my best friends, her older sister, would decide, was like, I'm going to be a doctor. And I was thinking, 
that's crazy. How can you stand the sight of blood? What are you talking about? So I had this story and it was just this one, like it's such a tiny little thing, right? Like a fear of blood to stop, to, to wipe away an entire potential career path. But I had this story and I also had this story that I wasn't really like a left brain kind of person, right? Because I had been so artistic and, you know, all that stuff as, as a kid and growing up. But then I found myself in um, biology class. I think it must've been grade, like 10th grade. And I loved dissecting. We started to learn, we were dissecting like the earthworm and then we were dissecting frog and, you know, all of those. And I just found it so ultra fascinating. And so I just kind of gave myself, like, I just gave myself permission to be like, hmm, well, what if I could kind of get over this thing that, because I I seem to not, this doesn't seem to be as big of a deal, like this fear of blood now, obviously, because I'm dissecting things and kind of like having fun with it. And I thought, well, where, what, what does that change for me? Like what else, what could be possible with this? And so, yeah, I, I, that, and that, I just, you know, and I was a good student, so that, that helped. And, you know, there was just, a, once I even started talking about the, the idea of wanting to go into medicine, of course, you know, as a, as a female in the eighties, like, you know, the idea, like I got a lot of encouragement, let's just say from teachers and family and all that sort of stuff. So that gave me that kind of extrinsic reward that kept me, you know, considering that and pushing forward on that pathway. Oh, I love that. And it's funny that you mentioned biology because that was actually one of my, the only subjects that I absolutely loved. And it was, it was in 10th grade. And I think, you know, when you're in high school, you're trying to figure out what you want to do with life. So you feel like you've been privy to these classes you've been exposed to. But yeah, I remember the same time with with biology. I just, my my teacher, he was just one of the coolest dudes and he would, you know, just, he, he was so casual and just charismatic and just cool. And I was just like, you're making biology sound fun. And it, that's <laughs> that was the environment. So it's funny because I actually wanted to be a biology teacher because mm, of, of the, the experience. Model. Right. And just, it was, a, it was the cool subject because I was so fascinated with the, like, the the intricacies of of beings and i mean i w- didn't love the yeah. dissection aspect of it but the genetic makeup and all our like chromosomes and what makes us tick and all i mean it just became so fascinating which actually i went into psychology for my first two years into college but needless to say i did not take the route as a biology teacher but it's kind of cool we have that that in common but yeah i mean starting from that perspective you know you started out in, in high school was inspired with the, the biology. You had a goal, you got over the blood story and now you're on your path, right? Your trajectory towards where you want to go, which became uh, a doctor. So tell us a bit about that. Like what were some of the encounters of, you know, some of the struggles that really got you going, but yet that you also faced while in that different season of your life? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Where to start with struggles? There were a lot. <laughs> of yes, course. there always and are. <laughs> yeah. And like I sort of alluded to a couple of minutes ago, when I was on that like conveyor belt towards med school, it was just a matter of like executing. It's very, it's a very clear path. Actually, this is one of the things that I talk to my clients about all the time is that pursuing a career path as a coach is not so clear cut, right? It's a much newer thing. You don't necessarily have any role models. You're not really sure how to actually make it all come together. But pursuing a career as a, as a physician, it's like, well, clearly you have to get into med school. And to get into med school, you got to write the MCAT. You got to get good grades. You've got to, like, you know, get your, your application in order. And there are tons of role models. Like I went and talked to my own doctor about like, how, what do you suggest? What do you recommend? You know, there was just a lot of help in getting to that 
finish line, which is of course actually just a start line. But right. you know, in for me, getting to in getting admitted to med school was like my mission in life. And so it just gave a lot of clarity for me. So that actually wasn't the hard part. The hard part actually started once I got into med school because I had achieved everything that I thought that I had wanted to achieve. I had achieved this this thing that is competitive and that is, you know, I had had been the focus of the last few years of several years of my life. And then I paused and I was like, wait, because and I remember having a bit of a crisis, like when I first started in med school and I was first year and I thought, do is this actually what I want to do? Like, here I am doing this thing. And everybody's, everybody in my life is all, yay, you know, you did it. (laughs) And I had like a real conflict, like a real existential crisis at that moment thinking, what have I done? Like, is this actually where I want to be? Mm -hmm. Because the truth of what it means to be a physician today is very different than like the glamorized ideas of what is going on, of what we see like in Hollywood and movies and stuff. And it's funny because my first year of med school was the first year that ER as a show um, oh, came wow. out. So we all, like all, like my class, you know, my friends and stuff in the, in the class, we would watch it as it came out on like, you know, every Thursday night, it was Thursday night, right? Um, <laughs> network, on network TV. Anyway, and and so we were like, it was this kind of this parallel journey. And of course it's, you know, there are some similarities and things, but mostly very, very different than the reality. So it just, it was a real struggle. I really wasn't sure if I was in the right place. I thought about leaving. I thought about quitting. And that brought up a whole bunch of, you know, difficult inner turmoil, right? As you can imagine. Right. Because I think at that point, you're probably attached to the identity of like all the work and labor that went into it, that this is who you are. So yet, what are you without it? Because you had your whole like fan base in a sense, rooting and cheering for you. That do you, would you say that there was a, a part of like that was just, you know, you didn't want to be rejected outside of them. If like, if they, if they looked at you and you said, oh my gosh, I don't want to be in the medical field anymore. How would that be received? Was there any yes. of those fears, right? Like so I think much innately we're like, because we're human, right? We, we, yeah. we're craving that. So it's kind of like, yeah, but if I'm not that person and doing that thing, what am I and who am I without it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there, there was tons of that. And of course, I mean, as, as you know, like I actually did finish my medical degree, Mm -hmm. finished my training, became a family doctor, functioned as a family physician for many, many years. And so, but then when I was considering leaving the medical profession, you know, towards the end there, that also called up all of those same ideas of like, well, but society wants me to do this. My family wants me to do this. My accountant wants me to keep doing this, right? Like there was a lot of reasons to keep doing it. And so it's very hard to step outside the box and and do something different. So, but it was, but when I think back in like back to med school, like in my first year of med school, when I really had a crisis and I wasn't sure if I was in the right place, a big part of that though was the loss of the goal. And I didn't realize that. I remember having a conversation, like late night conversation with some of my, uh, you know, fellow students, because we leaned on each other big time. And that was really key, of course, because we were all going through our own various crises and things. But is because the goal had been the, like the lightning rod for so long of getting in. And then once you lose that goal, it's like this anchor is gone and you just don't really know what you're doing anymore. I mean, yes, you get through medical school, but 
getting through med school was actually like just from a pure academic perspective was not as hard as getting in to med school. Yeah, there was lots of stuff to learn, but it's a, you know, it's a there's so much support to keep you in the program, keep you moving forward, keep you learning. Like they want you to graduate and complete the program. So academically, it wasn't as difficult as getting in, but emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, all of those kinds of things, because you just sort of had lost that thing that would, that was driving, I had lost that thing that had been driving me forward. So that was a toughie. Right. So that almost becomes that, that why, right? So kind of tapping in and saying, why did I do this in the first place? What was the objective? Why did, you know, years have passed by and sometimes like, you know, for me, even I can, I can say from experience, like our why becomes like blurred because life kind of just masks over it. And we have to reconnect, like check, do a check-in, right? Like, oh yeah, why am I doing this? And they'd be like, okay, that's where we are. And it, it, maybe you might still feel a little bit of a why, but yet slightly different reasoning now, because you've obviously are growing. So that expands too, but knowing that it's okay to check back in and correct course as needed. And I love that you did because you tapped into that and said this, I, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm getting lost in why I do what I do go back to the beginning and connect with why you got started in the first place. Such a powerful like lesson right there. And just, you know, anyone listening could really, if you're feeling like you're off, off course, go back and check in with yourself. Just do a little mini check-in. And I, I like to do this probably quarterly, even it's, you set little goals like that? Cause then you had mentioned you enjoy goals. So having those little goals and, and not even in your, you know, the bigger fields of career wise, but yet intentions, right? Mm -hmm. Why we do what we do in general. So I love that. So, you know, going forward into your career, now that you've achieved it, you're into this medical, it, you you got it, right? You did all the hard work up front. And now what was kind of the turning point where you're like, I'm not sure. Right. That set me off on like a new trajectory. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, after, so you're right. Like after I got over my crisis and I leaned on the community and I tapped back into my why, like why I really had wanted to, to be a physician in the first place. And I, and then medical school ended up being wonderful experience. Residency was awesome. And then my first few years of, of being a doctor and, and functioning in that career and that role in society was wonderful. But Pretty soon it became obvious that there was just a lot of things that were broken about the healthcare system, which I imagine I don't really need to go into detail (laughs) because I think most people are highly familiar with, with it. And professionally, I just wasn't as fulfilled anymore because I, you know, it just, there was a lot of things that were just making me unhappy about what I was expected to do. And, but also personally, because also things had shifted for me because I was now a mother. I had two young kids and that was a very different situation than when I went into medicine in the beginning because I didn't have to think about like other people or or dividing my time. You know, it didn't matter that I was working 100 hour weeks and 36 hour shifts straight when I was a resident because I, it was just me and, you know, I didn't have to take care of anybody else, right? But but when I was, you know, a newly function, new-ish functioning physician and I had my boys at home and I was like, my priorities suddenly were very different. So personally, professionally, it was kind of like a perfect storm. There was a bunch of different things happening and I just realized that I was quite unhappy and really had, but had painted myself into a corner, didn't know what other option was. And of course, people are all, well, why would you, you can't just throw all of that education away. Why would you just give all of that up? And 
the the response that I that I came to understand when people would say, "Why are you? Why would? How could you throw all that away?" is I didn't get that education just to limit my choices. I didn't get it to just only ever do one thing in the world forever and ever. I got it to like ex- create an expansion in my life, to be more and to be bigger and to have an impact in the world. So if I found that it was limiting me, then that meant that something needed to change. So when I realized that, that's what shifted and that allowed me to to consider coloring outside the lines and to consider doing something that was not what everybody else around me was doing um, and expected to do. I didn't know what it was, what I was going, what I wanted to do for a while. But then I discovered health coaching. There was a nurse at the clinic that I was working at and that's what she was doing. She was building a career for herself as a coach, as a health coach. And I was like, what is that? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and then the more that we had conversations and, you know, we'd sit over coffee and like, I, and I was like, that is exactly what I want to do. Like it's, it's preventive. Like the focus is on prevention. The focus is on a more holistic approach rather than just people coming in. So I'm working as a family doctor, you know, was what I was doing at the time. So people would just come in and I'd have 10 minutes to solve their one tiny little problem or big problem or whatever it is, but I had 10 minutes to solve it and send them on their way and highly, highly unsatisfying. But but coaching was way more than that. It was more expansive, holistic, like a real integrative approach. And I just, that really spoke to me. And so then I had a new goal. <laughs> then I had a new objective. And I love that you shared, you know, a lot of that messy middle because somebody sitting on the fence right now might be thinking again, wow, what is life like on the other side? And I'm so, you know, I tapped into my why. I did all the work. I got to where I'm at right now. It's part of who I am, my identity. But yet it's so unfulfilling. And I and I love that you brought that up because how many of us just stick through whatever we're in just because it's comfortable? But yet there's no reward in on that internal feeling, right? We have one life to live. And if we're living it for an external perspective, like, you know, other people, what they're going to think, you know, what the world has to say and all these things, we're missing out on the biggest part of it. And that really is that fulfillment that you, when you tap into that, you know that you're not living to your fullest potential. And so you're limiting yourself. So I love, I love how you say talk about the limitations, but yeah, the limitations are placed on ourselves until we decide that, no, there's something more. I'm called for something more. And everything I've got to this point is just the experience. That's just the catapult to take me to that next level. I love that you talk about that. And taking that experience that you've had in, you know, the dedication, the discipline, the determination, going into the medical industry, and now you're sitting there like, I can use all of this to help other women, mm-hmm. women yes. or men too. Okay. So yeah. helping them get to that next level. And I'm equipped now because of my experience to help do that for them. So tell me what it was like when you first started the transition from, okay, there is something else that I could start. And now I'm seeing that pieces fit. Did you up and leave your job or did you kind of do this on the side in between those hundred hour work weeks? Like <laughs> when did you find the time? Yeah. Oh, well, I wasn't working 100-hour work weeks at that point. That was more residency and like those early, early days. But yes. Um, yes. But no, I I 
I definitely built it up on the side because I, again, like because of my situation, I was a primary breadwinner. I really did not have the luxury of just walking away and saying, I'm I'm done. See you later. I needed to be strategic about it and I needed to build it up on the side. So that's what I did. And it took a, it took a while to be honest. Um, you know, it took, I, I was, I wanted it to ha- all come together like yesterday, <laughs> but yes. it took a while and that was hard. And I realized though that there were, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why it took a while and it's okay that it took a while like that. And for many, if there's any people out there who are on a journey and they're like, come on, can this thing come together now? It's okay. It's, it's normal. And it's just the way that it is for so many of us. And there's a lot of reasons for that. And you need, it's important to look at what the reasons are, because I thought that it was just all practical. I thought it was all like, I didn't have the right marketing strategy. I didn't know, you know, what I, because of course, business and marketing was something new that I needed to learn. They don't teach us that in med school, of course. (laughs) Of course not. (laughs) I had a lot of learning to do, which, and it turned out to be so fun. I love learning about that stuff. But then I thought that it was all the practical stuff that was holding me back, like the money and the, I didn't have enough clients. I didn't have enough, big enough community, all that kind of stuff. But a big part that also was holding me back was my own mindset, my Mm. own limiting belief, because I realized that I still did have pieces of, like, I still really thought of myself as a physician. Like, it's just, I really thought of myself as a doctor and a doctor only. And doctors are not known for leaving the medical profession. Lawyers seem to leave law all the time. I don't know why. But doctors, and I, of course, worked with many physicians at this stage, too, who are also wanting to transition, but they are, it's it's very hard to step out of that identity because you get it, like on forms, you know, when it it says like Mr. Mrs. Doctor, it's an option. It is part of your identity in the clinic and outside of the clinic. And so that's a tough one to step away from. So that was really holding me in for a long time. And so I, it wasn't until I really examined that and really allowed myself to let that go that that I was able to to step into a new career. Yes. And I'm sure now you still hold that title doctor, as I read in your bio, because you earn that regardless of you're in the field right now, but you have everything that you need, like you've gotten there. So I would be wearing that with like such pride because you know how the commitment and the work that went into it. So just because you're not practicing in that field right now doesn't strip you away from who you are. And I think that's important for anyone that's kind of in that messy middle and like transition period, you know, holding pieces of your past to, you know, taking them into your future. And it's kind of a great way that says, okay, our past, you know, it was there for the experience and the lessons. And now what can we do with it in the future? So sorting through, taking those pieces and discarding the ones that you don't want to move into this new career. So I I love that you, you know, you talked about the struggle, the messy middle, doing this on the side. But I also love that you mentioned it doesn't happen overnight. And I think, you know, prior to that, you were talking about, well, what we see out there, you know, this, this isn't the reality of it, right? Mm So same thing, what we see out there, whether it's in social media or somebody else's life, we're, we're so like conditioned for this overnight success. But yet think about it. If we had exactly, if we can snap our fingers, wave a magic wand, whatever it is, and say, this is my dream life. And I want it. If you got it overnight, you wouldn't even know what to do with it. Yeah, so it's, exactly. it's in that growth process. That's where the learning and the stagnation and the seasons and the struggles and the hardship and questioning the doubt, the insecurities, the fear, like, am I even on the right path? 
But the truth is that's all of it equipping and preparing you for what you're called to do. So that's the shaping and the refining season. And, and I love that you talk about it because it's so important because you, you, you witnessed it. You're a witness to your testimony here. You came out on the other side and said, yeah, but now I have something that I'm so passionate, so rewarding and so fulfilling, and I'm able to help other people on a different capacity than what I would have if I just stuck with something that was so unfulfilling. Yeah, it, it's so true. And I mean, really, like when you said how, you know, I, of course, I still have my MD, like it's, I didn't have to give it back. <laughs> right. So like, here you go. Here's your name badge and your vest. <laughs> Take and- <laughs> this away. Yeah. <laughs> Hand in my stethoscope and uh, yeah. yeah. No. And it, of course, it's, it's who I am. Like, exactly. I, I mean, it's all part of my experience and it all goes into, it's all informs what I do now. And of course it's relevant because I'm in the health and wellness field still, so it's all relevant, but it doesn't define me as like the only thing. I'm only allowed to work with people in a clinical capacity, writing prescriptions, making diagnoses, all of that kind of thing, right? It doesn't define me. And it is a hard thing though for people who have, if you have a current identity that's quite well formed to be able to let a piece of that go or just to let it be part of your story, but not the whole and end of your story, right? It's like that sunk cost fallacy is that, you know what I mean? Like when you think that you've you've spent so much or you've invested time or money or in something, so you have to kind of keep going on that pathway rather than just say, well, this actually isn't working for me in this current iteration. So I'm going to take what I've learned and take what I have gained through this and reinvent it into something like we'll pull it into a, a whole new transformation. Yes. And it's a, such a powerful thing too, right? Because you you get to experience it and set life and create life on your own terms at that point. You know, so, so I'm curious to know when you started taking the side hustle in a sense to full-time, how did that transition take place? And like, you know, getting your clients on board, who your ideal client is now, who are you working with? Like talk us through that process and kind of where you're at today. Yeah, well, even through there, I still, I did have a couple of other kind of mini evolutions in that whole journey. And I'm sure that I'm going to still continue to evolve because that's, I find that quite like fun and rewarding. It's the meaning of life. But so, yeah, so, I mean, of course, first of all, I built up a career for myself as a health and wellness coach. So I was still helping people like directly with their health and wellness, just in a different role. And it was a little tricky, to be honest, because a coach is different than a a physician, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. just a different role. And so that was a little bit tricky to kind of navigate the lines between, but I did it, figured that out and then built a really fulfilling career for myself in, you know, as a health and wellness coach, which is just a, for me, it's a better fit in terms of a role than a doctor. But from there, because what happened is that I, I was then really more embroiled in the whole world of health and wellness coaching and working with and alongside other coaches and, you know, would collaborate and all that kind of stuff. And I saw that there were so many people, other coaches, health coaches who were really struggling in their own businesses and, and saying things like, you know, people don't care about their health. People aren't willing to invest in their health and wellness. And I knew from, you know, almost 20 years of working as a doctor that people most definitely cared about their health and most definitely were looking for solutions. And, and that there were major limitations in the way that the healthcare system was delivering those solutions to people. So I knew that there was need and I was I was thriving, but I could see that there were a lot of other people who weren't and that wasn't working for anybody. 
So that's when I started to up-level into being more of a mentor and really helping my fellow health and wellness coaches to really take their businesses to the next level because then that gave me even more reward personally, like more sense of meaning because if I can help the helpers, like if I can help one coach to get out there and help her, like a whole roster of her clients, then I've helped those people plus my own people. You know, it just kind of multiplies. And I loved that. So, so that was my evolution through that. And then from there, I needed, I knew that I needed, and this was my, what I did, uh, well, actually the pandemic kind of triggered me to, to put into play the thing that I had been wanting to do for years um, is put together a training program for people who wanted to pursue a path into health and wellness coaching. And if they're starting right from the beginning, like not coming from a healthcare background at all, because I know that that's not required. You don't have to have a healthcare background in order to become a health and wellness coach. But I wanted to create a comprehensive program to train and certify women to coach other women on their wellness. So Mm. that's what I do now. I love it. So you just tied both of both experiences, right? It's like, it's this this combo. So it's like a past version of yourself with a new version and then an upgraded version that is now just like, ladies, I'm giving you the best of Dr. Kim Foster all in this training, into her courses, into everything. And I, and I love that because it's like, again, you know, for, for people who might be like, I don't know, you know, I got these ideas or maybe I got this idea, but yet how can I still use bits and pieces? It's only, only you can determine that and like really tapping into, you know, yourself and like, what is again, your why, what experience do you have? What credentials or certifications could, you know, enhance that? Then how can you kind of package it together into something that is, like you said, impacting and helping others? And so now you've done that. And so, like you said, uh, uh, you know, you help this person who helps that person who helps that next person. It becomes a spider web effect, right? It's the ripple effect. And it's yeah. such a cool thing. Oh my gosh. I'm, this is just incredible. I love hearing stories like of women who have such triumph, right? Like we can all be down. And then I feel like, like you said, the pandemic has given us a lot of that downtime. And it's like, how can we rise above that and come out in a season that is so so much more rewarding, fulfilling. And, you know, we might've been in that season for quite some time and it wasn't fun for anybody, but yet look at what can come out of it. So I I love everything that you've shared today. And of course, I know that people will be like, tell me more. So how can people find out more about you? Like where, you know, what is your favorite place to hang out, how people can connect with you and learn uh, about your academy, your coaching, and just more about you. Yeah, thank you. So, right. Okay, so the best place to to learn about all the stuff that I'm doing is at my website, drkimfoster.com. And that's where I've got all my different programs and the ways that I can help people, plus links to my podcast, which is, that's another place that I love to, I mean, you know, it's my baby. I love creating my podcast. So that's marketing and mindset for wellness coaches. And I also love to hang out on Instagram. Like that's a great, you know, I share some more sort of personal stuff, like some behind the scenes things of, you know, what's going on with me in my world. And so that's a great place. I love getting messages from people too on Instagram. But if you are, for people who specifically are interested in the, my program, like my certification program, the Wellness Coach Academy, the best place to start with that is with my free wellness coaching career guide. Um, And you can grab that at uh, drkimfoster.com forward slash career guide. And that is really, it just walks you through like how to know if this is the right career path for you and what, what's possible and what can it look like and what do you need to do and that kind of thing. And like I said, I, my program is set up 
not just for people, yes, for people who were in healthcare and are now transitioning to a more of a coaching role in the healthcare system, um, but also for people who are total career changers. I love career changers, like people who went into a totally different career and they're like, actually, what I really want to do is help people with their health and wellness because I talk to women like that every day and I love it. Yeah. So if you're, if you're curious about that, then that's really the best place to start just with that career guide. Awesome. All of that will be in the show notes and you have so much goodness to offer people. So I'm no doubt that people are going to be like, I need to learn more. So I'm, I'm just, you know, grateful for having you here as our guest and just, you know, following along with you on your journey. So thanks again. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Confident Woman podcast. For more ways to connect with us, check out our Facebook group. It's The Confident Woman on Facebook. There's a ton of amazing ladies in that group that you can connect with as well. My Instagram is at Aaron underscore travels for life. Make sure you go ahead and follow that and follow Rachel as well. What is yours, Rachel? You can follow me on all social medias at I am Rachel Brooks. Awesome. Thanks so much. Look forward to checking you next week.